going today, guys? Back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, back here once again for another great episode. Today's Tuesday, October 6, 2020, second episode of the month. We're off a great NFL week. Just watch my Braves give the Marlins what was coming their way. You don't throw a Ronald Acuna and get away with it. I'm joined once again, though, to break down the NFL by none other than Kyle Thacker. Kyle, say what's up to everybody. Hey, what's going on? Always good to be on. Hey, we're glad to have you back, man. You know, we, we're going to revisit some of our uh, some of our statements we made after week one and how we thought everything was going to play out and what we thought would keep going and what we thought would disappear. So we'll revisit all that for y'all at the end of the podcast. But first, you know, we got to talk storylines. There's lots of big storylines coming out of the NFL right now. But, I mean, I think we got to go to the division that's 3-12-1 right now, and that's the uh, NFC East. I mean, how do you think everything's going to play out? Has it played out like you thought it would so far? Um... Other than my Cowboys being absolutely terrible, yeah, honestly, I knew it. I, I said at the beginning of the year this this division was going to be rough, and I always thought you know seven, eight, nine games is going to win this division. So definitely not surprised, disappointed by the Cowboys, but with all the injuries on defense and just a rough start to the year, looking like it's going to take some time to start playing well under Mike McCarthy. I'm hoping. <laughs> that we get it together but yeah Eagles looking rough Washington just doesn't have any options (laughs) and the Giants might be the surprising worst team in the division um so yeah it's been terrible (laughs) yeah you know um I would say it's about what I expected as well I mean look I'll give the Cowboys defense a pass just because just about everybody's hurt on that defense and just when you think it could get worse it keeps getting worse um, the Cowboys offense ranks in the top three in the NFL, but they also rank in the bottom three in the NFL in defense, and showed that's clearly not a way to win football games. You know, I don't necessarily think you can blame anyone besides injuries. I mean, it's pretty hard to bounce back with all the injuries they've had. Um, the thing, honestly, that I thought was huge and there was a huge storyline was everyone kind of trash-talking and downing on Carson Wentz. I mean, no one wanted to look at the fact that he had the water cooler and a trash can from the sidelines out there running routes for him at wide receiver. I mean, it feels like everybody on the offense keeps getting hurt, but the Eagles got the big win. Look, everyone's still alive in this division, but, I mean, the Giants and the Redskins have no chance of winning this division. I mean, <laughs> Washington football alive, team. Everyone's still alive, but... <laughs> well, let's be honest. Like, yeah, no, I agree. And I also agree with your point about Carson. He, I mean, that's the Philly way. Just throw their guys under the bus immediately. Like, you got to produce in Philly. I mean, I, I'm the Philly hater, but I will, you know, give them some shouts. They, they hold their athletes accountable, that's for sure, but... I mean, yeah, they don't. They I mean, Carson hasn't had much to work with, and I I don't think that roster has much talent. You know, I also don't think Carson is you know this MVP player that he was that one year. Um, I think he kind of was the beneficiary of a really uh, successful offense. Um, but I still think he's a great. I mean, he's a good quarterback in the NFL. You know, he's not great. He's not bad. So. I mean, he's definitely serviceable. Jalen Hurts is not going to do anything better than Carson did, and they got the win, but Dallas hasn't played anybody in the division yet, so they've kind of had a rough start to as far as ske- their schedule Absolutely. to start the year. So I still think Dallas is going to win this division. You know, they're, I think you got some easy wins headed your way with Washington and New York, and then you just got to take care of business against Philly. 
Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think Dallas still is going to win this division. I mean, like you said, you know, Philly is just so beaten up, man. I don't see it getting any better for them. Kind of could be interesting. You know, if they run Carson Wentz out of town, does Frank Wright come calling for uh, Wentz to come back? And, you know, that was when he was at his MVP level was when he was Frank Wright. And I think he's the kind of guy who could get him back to that level. But I agree with you. You know, Dallas has still got the Giants and the Washington football team twice on that schedule. You know, they've got the Panthers as well still on that schedule you know they've got they definitely don't have the worst schedule I've seen going ahead so you know I think it's a two-team race between those two and it's be interesting to see what they can do with how everything plays out um, another team that pretty much has I mean you can't say they're necessarily eliminated yet but they pretty much are and they've moved on from their head coach finally you know I'm shocked honestly Dan Quinn wasn't the first coach fired in the NFL or Adam Gase <laughs> yeah or Adam Gase yeah <laughs> Here it is. Bill O'Brien is out as head coach and GM in Houston. Do you think Houston made the right decision here? 100%. I mean, he uh, undermined the team. He traded their best player, probably, you know, the mo- one of the most loved athletes in that franchise. Um, definitely their best receiver since Andre Johnson. So, I mean, it's when you trade a player like that, you better have an answer. And they've had no answer. And it's... No, Brandon Cook's the answer. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so that defense has nothing going. That offense is mediocre, and you're not going to win games when you have a bad defense and a mediocre offense. So, you know, d can only do so much. I think they made the right decision. I'm just surprised it came before Dan Quinn and Adam Gase. I think they're equally, if not more, deserving to be fired right now. <laughs> No, I agree with you completely. And you know, even when you look and see New Hopkins is fourth in the league in receiving yards, that just doesn't even make things wor- or better for Bill O'Brien. If anything, it makes it ten times worse. Um, look, I honestly don't think Bill O'Brien did a horrible job coaching the team. It's being a GM where he really screwed up. And you can look back at trading DeAndre Hopkins just because that's the most recent. But realistically, where he did this entire team in was when he traded into the house for Laramie Tunsil, and then he used the money he would have used on designing DeAndre Hopkins on Tunsil to re-sign him. Because, you know, when you trade two first-round picks and everything he gave up, you can't just let him walk away as a free agent. So you have to give him the bag. And, I mean, that's just where he's... I mean, Bill O'Brien was a great head coach. I mean, look, he kept winning the division with, like, the likes of A.J. McCarron. I think that one year they had four quarterbacks play quarterback. I mean, he was, like, Matt Schaub and, like, Tom Savage playing quarterback. Well, see, this is something I'll also add is, you know, I really don't agree with a lot of these takes. You know, there's... There is... There is situations where it works, but when you have a head coach that's also your GM, like Bill Belichick does a great job organizing the roster. Everyone knows what how big of a hand he has in that. Um, but this situation in Houston reminds me of the situation in Philly when they had Chip Kelly. And things started going well. Chip Kelly did well. They named him uh, head of football operations as far as, mm-hmm. you know, or personnel, player personnel. And so, for the first few years, he was able to get some guys in there. But what you see with these head coaches, they can't, they're not able to scope long term. So, you know, eventually the wheels fall off the bus and these franchises hit the bottom. So, it's not a longevity play at all to have a head coach, you know, also be your GM. It may work for a year or two, but we've seen multiple times now that it's going to end up as, as, 
as bad as it possibly could be. Yeah, I think Bill Belichick's pretty much the only time it ever worked. I mean, it didn't even work when the Hawks did with Mike Budenholzer, just to show you all an example from the NBA. I mean, it really never works. And I mean, honestly, why would you want your coach to do that? You want your coach dedicating your time to putting your team in the best situation to win, not scouting and doing all that other stuff. That's why you pay someone else to come in and do it, you know? So... Yeah, I really think the Texans making him the GM is where they screwed everything up. And, you know, that made it even more on him. You know, this team probably would have turned on him at this point in the locker room after the way everything went. And, um, you know, who's to say they didn't get robbed of having their season still going with that um, touchdown for Will Fuller not counting. But I think it's the right move. And so long, Bill O'Brien. Um Next, this is kind of a take that I came up with on my own. I think it makes a lot of sense. So I want you, Thacker, to tell me if that I'm reaching here or if this actually makes sense. Look. The Ravens are the Bucks of the NFL. The Bucks are a great regular season team. Honestly, one of the most historic regular season teams with how good their point differential is and how they beat everybody. The Ravens are the exact same way. The Ravens, just like their coach, Har- uh, John Harbaugh, they like to beat up on the worst teams in the league. You saw them do it this Sunday against the Washington football team. We saw them do it against the stinky Bengals last year. But what happens when they actually play a team that's worth a damn and comes in? For example, the Titans. For example, the Kansas City Chiefs. They look like boys among men against them, as in they're the boys and not the men. I mean, I think the Ravens are exactly like the Bucks. They look great when they play the worst teams in the league, but when they go up against the big dogs, they get out-schemed and they lose. And two, Harbaugh loves to run the score up on teams. I mean, no matter how much he gets up, he's still running Jackson. He's still throwing the ball, still running play actions. He's not just sitting back there trying to run down the clock. He's trying to score, 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 and run that score up as much as he can. And you know, honestly, I, I, I mean, I think the Ravens are the same old story again. They'll have a great regular season, and they'll probably get bounced in the first round again. You know, I agree, and it all comes down to the fact that Lamar Jackson, yeah, he's got this incredible scheme cooked up for him. He's a very unique player. He is able to do things that pretty much no other quarterback in the NFL can. But because he is, he has Uh, or he's so successful in his current scheme, Mm -hmm. it kind of puts a cap on things where they can only do certain things. You know, they're they're a scheme offense. So if their scheme breaks or busts or, you know, isn't isn't moving fluidly throughout the game, then it just really hits them, you know, because they they can hit big plays, but when it comes down to it, they move the ball. They're a time of possession team. They like to make the other team make the mistakes and capitalize. And so when they're playing against teams like the Chiefs, who have great coaching, who will come up with a game plan, like you said, that is bet they'll get out schemed. Then yeah, they struggle. And I think it's a good comparison because you know in the regular in the regular season or AKA in you know easy win games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You see the Bucks and the Ravens, they capitalize. They, you know, put their imprint on every game that they have control of. That's the key, though, is they don't have control of the game. It's very hard for them to make the plays when they need to. So Yeah, and I honestly think that Monday night game was the most prime example. You know, like I really felt like Andy Reid, it felt like every single time, like on that third down, they ran that little flip pass to the fullback. They like, always had an answer. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah, answer. even when they came back, like they came out there, had the yeah, it's they can't come up with the stops when they need them and Look, I mean, like I said, Baltimore could turn around and be the best regular season team in the league this year. That's fine. We'll see what they do when they get to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, now it's time for us to revisit our takes from earlier in the season. So we kind of did, broke them down by things that we were surprised by, 
things that we um, figured would happen, and things that we think we'll see more of as the season went on. So, first this was after week one, right? Yeah, yeah. This was all after week one. So, bear with us on that. So, I said Big Ben looking sharp so far. I mean, yeah, they're undefeated. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, they couldn't play this week, but I think we'll keep seeing more of that. You know, the Steelers' dyna- offense looks dynamic and like they did in the past when they had Big Ben. And I mean, I don't, who's to say it won't keep happening that way? Yeah, I agree. Um, you want to talk a little bit about yours with Jamal Adams' impact on defense? Yeah, so I mean, I was not, I, I, I was really surprised by uh, Jamal Adams' impact. I, everyone knows how um, how good he is, but you know, the first uh, when he was healthy, at least he was a wrecking ball, especially in the against the run. You know, he's a he's serviceable in pass defense, but he's really effective blitzing the quarterback, making the offense feel uncomfortable giving him different looks, and I mean, he did that. I mean, I, I expect to see him come back and be healthy and be a big impact to that Seahawks team. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely, and like you said, him coming off the edge and pass rushing was something I was not really expecting. I mean, they've they kind of... no pass rush. Yeah, so. he looks like a Troy Polamalu or Ed Reed out there playing. I mean, I was not expecting him to be the game wrecker he has been within this defense. Um Next one is something that we expect to see more of. I said the Washington football team D-line dominate. I mean, they played pretty well this last week. Um, I, I mean, against the even though it was against the Ravens. I mean, Chase Young has been out, I feel like, since Chase Young went out. But honestly, I'll say this was a cold take by me. I mean, I think their D-line is still talented and stacked, but their offense really isn't giving them the, what they need. And you know how it goes when you have a great defense and a horrible offense. At some point in time, the defense gets tired and gets frustrated. You see so many plays. I mean, at some point, yeah, you're right. And I'm, I mean, this is still the strong point of their team, but I agree with you. I mean, when your offense is constantly putting your defense on the field over and over and over again, at some point they're going to – budge a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's it's frustrating too you know you're just kind of yeah. like well here we go again how many times are we going to set y'all up you know and they played decent at the beginning of the game against the Ravens they were able to get them off the field a few times but then it was just kind of like the floodgates open and it just kept on flooding for them um you want to talk a little bit about yours you're pretty on point with this one yeah so the Packers I was I mean what Aaron Rodgers has done especially this I mean Granted, you can't really say much against that Atlanta Falcons defense, (laughs) but he's been exceptional every week. Anything they've needed from Aaron and that Packers offense, they've delivered, and then some. I mean, they've looked like the most dominant team in the NFC, and I don't know if a lot of people were thinking that going into the into the beginning of the season. I mean, you could definitely make an argument with the Packers and the Seahawks, who's been more impressive, but... I mean, both teams have been excellent, and it's as far as the Packers are concerned, it's mainly because of Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, their run game with Aaron Jones has looked amazing, but I mean, when you give He's Aaron Rodgers, beast. yeah, he is a beast. No, he really is. I mean, last night too, running through that horrible Falcons off or defense, it just looked too easy for him. But I agree. You know, it's all that pre-snap motion and just like everything Lafleur does with that great. I mean, when you give a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers a run game like that, and especially like him and Lafleur look like they're on the same page. You know, it's kind of like Matt Ryan and um, Shanahan and Lafleur the second year when they work together. Like right. they look like they're on the same page and they look synced up. And I mean, the Packers look an unstoppable juggernaut. I mean, I know I picked the Packers to win the division. I wasn't too confident about it, but honestly, I feel like I should have been more confident because this Packers team looks unstoppable. Now the defense doesn't look great, but still, and also too. 
Another thing we were kind of on to the second half of this take is how awful the Vikings' defense is. We said we look for the Vikings' defense to keep giving this up week and week after week. And, and they have been. Yeah, I mean, this Vikings They got de- a big W this week, but... Hey, they got lucky. Fuller scored that touchdown. I but mean, I'm, regardless, that defense is still trash. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can't, they can't even think about stopping anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, we were on point with that one. And once again... Um, this is one that I feel really good about talking about again. That is my boy Josh Allen is still dominating the NFL. I mean, he's he's pretty much up there. Like him and Russell Wilson are neck and neck to lead the league in every single stat. He did get banged up a little bit with that shoulder injury, but he came back in the game and still balled out and took the Bills down to 4-0. I mean, Josh Allen's as much of a front runner as anybody is for MVP. I mean, the way he dominates the game, too, it's like he, he just runs around the backfield and keeps plays alive. Down on the goal line, he's punching them in for them. I mean, he's running the ball. He's doing everything this team needs to win, and he's even gotten better. You know, last year he was one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league. Now he's top 10 in the league in QBR, passing efficiency, completion percentage, everything. Josh Allen has, has gone from a, from a middle-of-the-road QB to an elite quarterback in this league. Yeah, absolutely. He's become the best quarterback in that draft. I mean, the, think about it. You got – I mean, he's, he's out playing Baker. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Josh Rosen, who's he? Um, He's not even on a roster, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Sam Darnold's been an absolute joke. So, I mean, these quarterbacks were nothing compared to Josh Allen, and everyone said Josh Allen had the most, you know, question marks. So, He's delivered and then some. The dude is an absolute gamer. Yeah, I mean, look, too. They finally put an offense around him. They gave him two running backs, gave him receivers. I mean, they've given him everything he needs to succeed. The only quarterback he forgot was Lamar Jackson, who I'm guess has been the best one out of all of them because he won yeah. the MVP. But at the same time, I'll guarantee you all this, Bills will go deeper in the playoffs than the Ravens will. Just watch. Ooh. You want to <laughs> talk about the last one here? All right, so I missed on this last one. We're going we're gonna to go over it, and then we're just going to forget it happened. Okay, so after week one, I said I expected the Texans to rebound. That did not happen. Um, Bill Bryan's out, um, and it really seems like a, almost a lost season for the Texans at this point. You know, it's it's really a shame because Deshaun is just so good. You you hate to squander any year in his prime. You know, this for an athletic quarterback like that, you want to be able to stack the talent on his team in his early years. You know, I feel like you know he's first five to eight years in his career vital I mean you've got one of the best defensive players of all time on the other side like you need to take advantage of it and it's just a shame to see that they've squandered you know this year and I don't know what the horizon looks like for the Texans at this point yeah, you know, I agree with you completely on that one. And as much as I hate to say, oh, he's going to get injured and speculate here, I honestly think, you know, Watson, the way he runs around and stuff, you don't know how long his career is going to go on for. You know, he's we've seen him get hurt in the past and everything, and, you know, you don't want that to happen to a guy like Deshaun. So I think the Texans really did squander it. You know, it all goes back to the horrible GMing decisions by Bill O'Brien that were made. So Yeah, and see, the, this team, like, really feels like they have no bones. Like, they, they have some, you know, flash-in-the-pan uh, athletes, you know, but I just feel like they're, they're besides their D-line, I mean, their D-line really isn't even that good besides Watt. I mean, their linebacking isn't good. Their defensive secondary isn't good. I feel like Laramie Tunsil is pretty much their only O-lineman. They have mm-hmm. Cushionberry, too, but, 
I mean, I just I, I think they have a lot of position groups that need improvement, and I just think they're a long ways away now. Yeah, see, the w- worst part about that is that Bill O'Brien basically mortgaged their future away exactly. with all these draft picks. So, I mean, this team's in a horrible spot going forward. I mean, who knows? Deshaun Watson might even get traded here in a few years if they keep on playing this bad. I mean, you don't want to be the guy to trade him away, but at the same time, you can rebuild a lot of that franchise by moving on from him. But... You know, it's it's brutal the way everything ended up playing out for the Texans. I'll say the NFL did them no favors by making their first three games, Kansas City, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, that, there's no favors done by the league for you right there. I believe all three were on the road, too. So, you know, no favors were done for the Texans there. But that's all we got for this one. Anything else you want to say, Thacker? No, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate having you. I'm going to go ahead and give you all this one. I'd go ahead and take the over in the Falcons and Panthers game. It should be total should be 70. This is a Big 12 game, not an NFL game. But... Appreciate you coming on once again, man. Help me out. Uh, appreciate everyone who tuned in and listened. And we'll get at you all a few more times this week. We'll have some NBA Finals, some MLB. Um, don't forget about college football and the NFL podcast at the end of the week. Peace.